0: Hi there. Just a quick message. Join us at daughterofcreation.com, which is where you can sign up with your email to join the community aspect of this podcast. This is where I'll send you a Soulful Sundays newsletter, which has insights, practices, and an extension of the podcast to keep you on track each week. I think this is really important to stay in the frequency of this work, to stay in the healing zone as you're introducing and learning a lot of new concepts. So it is my intention to bring the community together in this way. I hope you'll be part of it. Daughterofcreation.com. We would love to see you over there. Thank you. Quick reminder that this series was created as an activation for you. It's a way of being. It's a presence that these guests are sharing their healing modalities, these are practices that they are experts in, they have thriving practices in, and to get to sit down with this many experts uh, in the field of emotions is really rare. So every time you listen and you open up, you're actually available to receive a healing from their energy field and what they're teaching you. So I invite you to continue to breathe and stay practiced. And when you start to get into your mind and like want things to go faster or be different or any of those habits the monkey mind might inspire you into, I invite you to just stay present and stay present to what it might be showing you. Even the process of talking about emotions tends to bring up emotions and sometimes even when those emotions come up, we are tempted to tune out. And so I'd like you to just be available. Uh, as you're listening, as you're driving, wherever it is you're listening to this to open your emotional body, be available for the healing if that's your intention and see what modalities fit with you and I've created a lot of resources. Every guest is offering some follow-up resources for you to go deeper into a particular modality so take advantage of that, use that for your um, own healing journey it's my gift to you, it's our gift to you um, because we really believe in the power of transformation and as we each learn to transform and heal our traumas and our woundings, the more each of us gets to live our mission. And as we do that together, we just awaken each other. All right. Welcome back to this emotional planet, everyone. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Nancy Crowell. And she is a doctor of oriental medicine and Works with the five elements and has deeply infused emotions into her work with the body And that is why I'm so excited to sit down with her Nancy and I know each other from a leadership program. So um, It's just excited. I've been wanting to have this conversation with you Nancy for a long time since I met you and um, This seemed like a great place and space to have it. So thanks for sitting down with me.
1: Yeah, thank you I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yeah, you're coming from France, which is cool. You're on a bike trip over there, right?
1: Yeah, I'm on a bike trip with my um, my partner and my son, and we decided to do a six week trip into France using no cars, basically just using public transport, so ferries, trains, and then our own two feet, whether that's walking or bicycles.
0: So that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. And what I love is you always put out the most fascinating photographs. You have the best like photography, um, recording of your journeys that I've seen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Luckily, um, Cass is a photographer. So yeah, um, we, we have the best lifestyle photos.
0: Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Nancy runs a 12 month program called the inside out program where she talks about gut and hormones and mindset work and does deep emotional release coming out of the acupuncture world. Um, And I look forward to talking about how those all intermingle and how we work with those emotions and energy in the gut. But before we dive in, I'd like to kind of just hear a little bit more about your story, Nancy, and what got you on this path of integrating emotional health with the Chinese system and and what you're passionate about now?
1: Yeah. So like most, I think health experts out there, I would consider myself a wounded healer, which means we kind of get into the, our field based on our own, um, desire to heal ourselves. Right. And then like we start to kind of go down that rabbit hole and then decide we want to help others achieve the same success that we've had. Um, so, you know, I think we were, I was sharing with you before our call, I feel like health, and health and transformation in general are like layers of an onion. So we're constantly removing different layers. And so I think throughout our life we're constantly having these wake up calls and experiences that could be considered pivot points. But when I think back on what this decide like what made me decide to specifically offer what I'm offering now is after the birth of my son. Um, I was already an acupunct and it had already reached kind of a, I think I would consider a really good place in my health, at least what I, what I thought was good. You know, I was maintaining, um, I no longer had um, horrible cystic acne, which is what had initially gotten me into like, health in general, was trying to uncover that. Um, and I was kind of maintaining my health until the birth of my son, and then everything kind of hit the fan. And I found myself in a very fragile place um, where I wasn't sleeping and um, I was kind of emotional. And these are all things that people dismiss of, oh, this is normal. This is what happens whenever you um, you know have a child and it'll pass, right? Um, but two years later, it still really hadn't passed. I was still having a lot of issues sleeping. I was having extreme fatigue um, I just wasn't, I didn't feel, I felt like it was beyond just, um, what I would consider like baby blues or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what really got me, um, diving deep into functional medicine. And so functional medicine is basically more of a Western approach. I would say Chinese medicine or orient, um, like East Asian medicine or oriental medicine is, essentially and as well as ayurveda is essentially like the first functional medicine where it's basically a medicine um, viewing the whole body um, body mind and spirit as one but now western you know allopathic medicine has now you know ter- termed functional medicine as well and it's kind of a more western approach to this so And under that scope, there's a lot of information around, you know, gut health and mold toxicity and microorganisms and hormone health and all that. And so when I hit that wall in my own health, that's when I started to dive deep into essentially gut health, um, because I knew it was, I knew it was something that may benefit me. And what I found in my own in my own health, is that my the way I felt significantly improved when I started to heal my gut. Um, my ba- my hormones started to balance once I started to heal my gut, and so after that, I realized okay, this is this is a good um, adjunct to what I'm already offering in in Chinese medicine. Um, so what I do now is I blend the two. So I blend functional medicine in terms of functional lab work, really digging into underlying, um, and stealth infections that may be present in the body. Um,
0: yeah, imbalanced
1: imbalanced hormones, and then also addressing emotional, um, factors because in Chinese medicine, um, emotions play a huge role in health as well.
0: That's awesome. I love that you're really taking a look at the intersection of these, Because it feels really, really important, especially with the stealth infections and the hormonal levels because of the toxicity of our planet now in a way that Mm -hmm. it probably wasn't, you know, back when Oriental and Chinese medicine was really looking at these elements. We're having, there's just so many more inputs now with uh, synthetic uh, fertilizers and, and all of the concoctions we've created. So that's really profound and I'm excited that you're doing that work. Um, go ahead. Yeah. I was just,
1: yeah, I was just going to say, I totally think that, you know, Chinese medicine has so many, it's a, it's a, it's considered a resonance medicine. So I would say it's an energetic medicine. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: And so I feel like it has a profound ability to heal, but it's true. It it was, it's been around for 3000 years and in terms of er, the herbal, herbal aspect of it, Um, We didn't have gut dysbiosis to the degree that we have now 3,000 years ago. Like you'd have like the odd odd case of somebody that might have Giardia or something like that. But now um, in this toxic environment and um, the sad American diet and that sort of thing, we're having a lot more cases of this. So I think it is really important to blend the two um, because both of them have value. It's just I think the, the, where they meet is the, is the sweet spot basically.
0: Yeah. And I haven't seen anyone really integrating this work, like the way that you are. So um, the hormones are the piece that I'm really interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, So what, and emotions are, are kind of at the center of it all. Uh, so with the hormones, how do you start treating these? Like what, what is the the pathway that people, well, actually probably it's good to to start by saying, so when people come to you, I know you have a specialty in uh, autoimmune disorders, but there's a lot of things that bring people in the door of gut health. And I've certainly had my own struggles with gut health and have also found like, wow, there is so much going on here and there's so much unknown in the Western medicine, and really in even alternative health circles about what's going on in the gut. So, how do people really find you, and what, what are they coming in with? I think that will help people understand if they have their own symptoms, uh, start correlating what might be going on with themselves.
1: Mm, so, people typically are coming in the door with, you know, maybe low thyroid function, they maybe have been diagnosed as Hashimoto's but some people are just coming in hypothyroid. Um, we can discuss a little bit more in detail about that a bit later, but um, skin conditions, acne, psoriasis, eczema. Yeah, I have a skin.
0: I... You're breaking up a little bit. I think Nancy.
1: Oh, can you hear me?
0: Yep. No, I can. Oh, what were you we going to say about skin? I was just going to say, I, my issue is skin. I have a skin fungus that arises every time my immune immunity drops and it's totally related to gut health.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So skin stuff. And we can talk about, you know, both the Western and Eastern view on that. Um, so anything to do with the skin immune system, dysregulation, um, chronic digestive disorders, whether that's constipation, gas, bloating, diarrhea, um, hormonal imbalances like irregular cycles i pretty much i mean most of the things that that an allopathic doctor would probably either dismiss you for or give you drugs <laughs> is what <laughs> someone's going to be coming in with because they've at, at the at the point that they invest in working with me they've probably either They've been suffering with this for quite a long time or they've tried a lot of things and it hasn't worked and they're just ready. They're fed up. They're ready for change. They're actually ready to feel good. They're ready to um, step into like the next level of their health. And with any health journey, I like to always tell people like nothing's actually happening to you. It's happening for you. A health crisis is definitely um, can be frustrating at times and it can feel like, uh, it's easy to fall into the victim mentality, but in the process of go, like healing or even just diving deeper into what's happening in the body, there is a lesson in that for you. And there's, um, when you're able to uncover that, um, it can be really profound. Yes, absolutely.
0: And when you start to treat these things, what do you, what's the process that you see unfolds for people as they start Taking on this healing journey in earnest,
1: mm,
0: yeah, so you know, on a physical sense,
1: you know it, digestion improves regular formed bowel movements every day, likely twice a day, no gas and bloating, feeling you know more energized, better sleep, regulated
0: emotions um and this is through, what is the mechanism for this diet mostly, or do you diet do do?
1: and herbal protocols? And we do herbal protocols as well. So, cause we do, so this is all, um, this is, um, from a, like I work with clients all over the world. So this is not in person, even though I will be adding a, in, in person, um, retreat to my next program, but this is all like done remotely but um so we do lab work so there is lab work that we utilize for information on what protocols um
0: in the lab in the lab uh, work you're yeah are you looking at hormone levels like what do you look at in the lab work
1: yeah so i do two different lab tests um in the 12 months and the first is a stool analysis and the second one is a hormone panel Hmm. so we always start with the the this, the gut, because if you don't actually, um, address gut health first, um, oftentimes if like you were just to dive into hormones, it will loop you back around to needing to address the gut. So, um, Mm -hmm. it's always best to start with the gut, um, and then move forward from there.
0: Awesome. And what kind of imbalances do you see there?
1: In which one the hormones or the gut
0: are both, you know,
1: Yeah. So gut health, um, there's really three different patterns you'll see in gut health. Um, and that would be what we consider a dysbiotic, um, pattern where there's just an overgrowth of bacteria, whether that's beneficial bacteria or, um, pathogenic bacteria, we're always going to have what we would consider bad bugs in the gut. They have a place, they have a function, but it, sometimes they're entire higher numbers than we would like, then that causes symptoms. Um, sometimes we'll have pathogens in the gut that can predispose us to autoimmune conditions, um, looking at how you're digesting fats, um, carbohydrates, making sure that you um, don't have leaky gut and that sort of thing.
0: Wow. That's, that's awesome. You can determine all that from, uh,
1: yeah, there's a lot of information you can get. So there's like that kind of pattern. You can also determine, um, patterns of low stomach acid. So sometimes it's not a problem of there being, I mean, they all are intertwined on some level, but sometimes the, like the root of it isn't just a overgrown overgrowth. Sometimes the root of it is that you don't have high enough stomach acid and that results in an overgrowth of bacteria, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it gives us information of, of where you need to be supported. And then there's also um, just not having enough beneficial bacteria. So sometimes, I mean, I don't know, I was a child of the 80s, I got given way too much antibiotics, I was also a child of a nurse. Um, so, you know, you might see in someone like me or other people that have been given antibiotics too much actually not enough bacteria in the gut Mm -hmm. and that can be a problem too so we when we think about the the microbiome we want to think of um mother nature right like in a forest you want you want a lot of like biodiversity you want there to be a lot of proliferation and and balance between all of the different organisms and that's how the gut is but unfortunately um i like to you can see a big similarity in gut health and the the health of mother earth at this moment. Right. Right. Biodiversity and we're losing diversity in the gut as well. And so both, you know, our health and the health of the planet are, you know, depleted, but we get a lot of information from the stool analysis of, you know, protocols, diet, like we use diet very, um, it's very specific. I don't, I don't think that anyone should be on a very strict diet for a long period of time. You've you've seen more and more people on say an autoimmune paleo diet for years and just getting more limited and limited and feeling worse and worse. You really shouldn't be on strict dietary protocols longer than say six months. Um, if, especially if you're not doing adjunct herbal protocols. So it's just, it's learning all of this information. That's the other thing I think is really important is I teach all of my clients. I give them all of my information. Like I am generously giving so that they feel empowered, um, and they're knowing what they're doing and why they're doing it. Because at the end of the day, you're going to know your body better than I do because I'm not in it and I'm not experiencing it. And you may have to, go through this entire process a few years down the line because you went off track or, you know, the fact that we are living in a toxic or more toxic world means that we do have to be maintaining this, um, more, right. You have to be kind of recommitting on a regular basis.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm interested in what you just said about this strict diet. I, I had been on a paleo or I have been on a paleo diet for about a year and it's worked really well for me. And then all of a sudden, I feel like ready. It's interesting, I've intuitively been feeling like I'm ready to get back some really healthy grains. And I, my body's just like craving more, to, like you said, more diversity right now. And I've been like, in this little bit of a battle between my head and my body, like, oh, that. but that's not what has been working for me. And yet my body is like wanting to to spread out, to uh, branch out. So I'm really really grateful for that tip Um, because I agree with you. This is about, I think all healing work. I used to say this in my emotional healing work and certainly in the physical body as well. It's about like listening and learning who you are in your body and what your body needs. That's the key to health is knowing a no, it's not that one size ever fits all, but you know, your signals, you know, your symptoms, you know what your body is communicating with you and you're in relationship with it. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important to know outside of I'd say processed foods, um GMO foods, um and I and, I mean gluten is pretty uh hybridized and GMO now, but like gluten like the more inflammatory foods, there's not really such thing as a a bad food, you know. And I think in modern uh, like in the modern health industry there everything has become very trendy, um, and people become uh almost identified with these um, lifestyle choices, right so like i'm paleo or I'm keto or i'm vegan or mm-hmm. and it becomes a part of their identity um, and I think that can become very dangerous because if we don't have fluidity in our diet like we are not static individuals. Like our environments are not static. And if you're not able to have that give and take in what you're eating, um, I think that's a very dangerous place. Not to say that you shouldn't have rigor and grit sometimes when you're doing a protocol, um, because sometimes there's people that just lack that and aren't able to follow through um, in a protocol. Um, But you have to know that fine balance for you of like, okay, am I Am I just doing this because or am I doing this because it's actually serving me? Yeah.
0: A friend of mine is calling herself an Intuitarian now, which I love that. <laughs> she just you intu-
1: know Yeah. That's funny. I was in Bali I, you know, over the sum over the winter and I saw a restaurant <laughs> that that called itself an intuit intuitarian restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that
0: But I agree with that. And I'm just seeing more and more in our world that labels and like follow, finding yourself in any kind of rigid box usually isn't the answer. Yeah. So once they move through, let's say we, we had a nice discourse on gut health and then the hormonal piece. I think that's a big mystery to people too, especially women. Yeah. So...
1: So with the hormones, you know, when we're looking at hormones, the main hormones that we're looking at as women are estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, um, thyroid function, um, melatonin. I think that's, oh, and adrenal health. Um, and so all of those have a very symbiotic relationship. And that's the other thing I think Western medicine has kind of made us believe is like all of these systems are individual, but in reality, they're all one. On some level like they all interplay with one another so if you have a down regulation in one of those it's going to affect all, all of your hormones so the reason why we start with the gut is because if there is a chronic infection of any sort that can that causes systemic inflammation mm-hmm. and so that can affect cortisol levels um, HPA 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 axis function which is hypothalamus pituitary and adrenal and um, and then if the cortisol levels are off, then that can affect your thyroid and your sex hormones. Um, so when we're looking at you know this, the the hormone functions, we basically just want to be, you know, creating balance within that. And so the kind of information that we can get um, from the lab work there is like, okay, know how is my HPA access like how is my how are my adrenals functioning is are they are they high because of stress are they high because of an infection or is there a brain issue sometimes we could have I mean this is more rare like a tumor in the brain but also um, in this modern day and age you know when I was looking at my lab work I was having an adrenal issue but it wasn't because my adrenals weren't producing enough cortisol It was because I was having a brain issue, like in my pituitary and my hypothalamus, which means that's more to do with like our circadian rhythm and being outside and Hmm. um, problems of modern life, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're not designed to be indoors. And if you look at statistics, the average person is... In their home, I think like sixty or seventy percent of the day, and Mm -hmm. they're indoors about eighty or ninety percent of the day. So that's just not natural. Like that's not what we're designed for, and so that that can really affect our hormones. Um, And then in terms of our sex hormones, our when we're thinking testosterone and estrogen and progesterone, looking at how we're detoxing our estrogen, which is really important because that can increase. A risk for certain types of cancers, um, it can also create all sorts of symptoms when those are off and yeah there 's just like a fine balance, and then thyroid function is obviously really important too um, yeah
0: yeah I, I don 't want to lose people in the in the hormonal speak, but I think it 's really helpful to understand the basics, and even to like I just feel like every time i 've gone into any kind of western um, paradigm or mindset about hormones it just feels so off and i I love what you're saying and you're you're able to kind of see the source of these and see these all as one one um system working all together
1: yeah and i think western science not functional medicine but just allopathic medicine their one remedy for all hormonal issues is birth control yeah, Yeah, like the pill and that's just going to cause further problems it's going to cause like nutrient and mineral depletion. It causes more leaky gut. Um, mm. It's just uh, not the way to go. It's not actually addressing anything.
0: Wow. I feel really excited about the work you're bringing out to the world. Like really, this is amazing, Nancy. I didn't even understand the depth of knowledge that you carry with you. So that's, mm. it's beautiful. You know, thank you for for doing this work being a pioneer and bridging the East and the West. because um it takes, it takes a depth to be able to hold all of this. And so yeah, I recognize you. that you, hmm And, um, and then the piece that I, you know, would love to hear is like, after you start, you know, doing the protocols and the herbs and like rebalancing things, there is always this other layer of emotion underneath, correct?
1: Yeah. So what, you know, that I feel like, Chinese medicine or well, it, I, I won't say Chinese, but it's basically East Asian medicine is based off of the Taoist five elements. Um, yin and yang theory. So if you guys are familiar with the yin and yang symbol, it was real popular in the nineties, the black and white symbol. It's basically the, the balance of divine masculine and feminine um, night and day, hot and cold, basically the polarity of life. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we can take that energy and we can see it also in health. So I, I see, or the interior and the exterior, right? And when I look at the way my program is set up, I think of this functional medicine aspect, the, Mm -hmm the protocols and the hormone health, I feel like it's more of the exterior part. It's like the yang, it's the doing, like it's mm-hmm. what people are going to be doing in the program.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and what I teach throughout the program through the the five elements aspect and the more Chinese, I would say more esoteric or Chinese medicine aspect is the more yin aspect. So it's more of the states of being. So uncovering those stagnant, um, stagnant emotions that might be at the root of your behavioral choices, right? So we can say, all right, we've identified that you have candida overgrowth, right? And we could give you herbs and a diet for that. But if we don't uncover maybe, you know, the emotional component that you've been harboring for years, that basically is the, at the root of, of the way that you're functioning, you're not going to actually create radical change, right? Mm -hmm. And so with the, with the Chinese five elements, um, we go through each, each season has an emotion associated with it. And, um, we start to uncover what your relationship is to that emotion, um, in hopes of uncovering more information of where you need to dive a little bit deeper in order to have that transformation that you're wanting to create.
0: You were sharing with me before we started recording that for instance, you often see with qu- chronic autoimmune disease when it's not healing, it's often repressed anger, right?
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: What else yeah, do you so
1: see? Mm-hmm. yeah. So anger, lack of tr- like, um, an to, so what's interesting. So in the five elements, I'll just kind of go briefly if you guys aren't familiar, but the five elements are wood, fire, earth, metal, water. Um, and the the wood element is associated with anger. So the organ systems are the liver and gallbladder. Um, and the mother of that element is the water element. And the emotion associated with the water element is um, fear. And the associated organ systems are the kidney and the bladder, and the adrenals are kind of lumped in there as well. So when we're thinking of like an emotional, like if when we're thinking of a disharmony, so say there's anger, right? Repressed anger of some sort. In order to move that emotion, you obviously have to deal with the repressed anger, but oftentimes the way we do that is to nourish the mother. And we nourish the mother so that the energy flows um, through the five elements. And I know it's a little bit hard to kind of um, imagine in your mind, but so we go to the water element and how can we nourish that water element And we start to look at what sort of fears do you have? Like, where can you embody trust and surrender? And I think that's a big component for those that are dealing with chronic illness and autoimmune is like, they lack trust. They don't, they're not able to, um, there's not this sense of faith of, of that everything's going to work out. They're not being held by a greater spirit or a God or whatever they might believe in. Um, and so therefore there's a lot of control that happens, right? So when Mm -hmm. we're in fear and not able to trust then we go into control, which is a very wood element, um, function. And then it, within that control, when things aren't working out the way that we want them to, then there's anger because, um, uh, the embodiment of the wood element is a sprout coming out of the earth. And so whenever, um, that upward and outward energy, is halted in any way that creates a frustration energy. So basically I'd say the root of it on some level is, is that, um, just knowing that it'll, it's a deeper knowing it's an intuition. It's knowing that everything's going to work out and then having faith and then being able to let go of control so that there isn't that frustration and anger. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, but it's a process, right? So we can say all this, But actually, embodying it takes it takes time. So it takes practice and seeing where it's coming up in your life, and like seeing how it's also coming up in your health. Because in the healing process as well, we can have those feelings come up. So I don't know about you, but I've had this experience as well, um, where you know you have you're in a healing crisis. And it can be really scary because you don't, it's not comfortable and you don't, you want it to go away and you want it to go away now. Right. Mm -hmm. So the tendency is to control and to contract and to try to fix it as quickly as possible. And I think that it's really important to know that you want to have awareness and you want to take action, but without that contracted energy, Mm -hmm. because as soon as you contract around it, you don't allow for the healing to actually happen. So you, you need to, (laughs) it's kind of a fine balance of like taking action, but, but allowing at the same time for it to be what it is and, and, and having faith that, um, it will work out and having faith in your body's ability to heal, Um, and just basically opening yourself up for love, because at the end of the day, those are the two states of being really, um, like love and fear. Um, so which one are you aligning to rather contraction or opening?
0: Yeah. You know, I had a really big aha when I was sharing with you, uh, last year around about my Epstein bar that I've struggled with for a long time. And you just said very gently and lovingly, but you just said, what if you just accepted that you may never—that may always be part of who you are. Your Epstein bar may always be with you, and it—and like that's okay. And I thought and it shifted me out of this like needing to fix and doing, you know, like just trying to find the cure always, and just say, okay, I could relax into that and see what this journey is going to be. And I feel like that's an that's an example of shifting from. Like, of course I want to heal this, you know, of course I'm open to whatever comes my way that could direct me towards like feeling more healthy around this. But also I get to accept myself and love myself just as I am.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful because the, 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 the pro of functional medicine and all this information that we're learning about with gut health and identifying all these microorganisms and hormones, the pros are that we get a lot more information about what might be going on in the body. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think the con as well is that people are becoming hyper fixated on their problems.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So it's like, oh, now I know all of this and now I need to fix myself. And I think that's where the power of Chinese medicine comes in because in Chinese medicine, there's no such thing as a diagnosis, Hmm. um, which I think is really powerful. Um, We have, we have, I guess, like we have pattern differentiation and we've kind of had to, we've had to kind of create diagnoses for um, insurance billing purposes. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, we don't have any sort of diagnosis. We have pattern differentiation, which means, you know, you might have what's kidney yin deficiency, right? That's a pattern. Mm -hmm. It's not a diagnosis. And I think what's really magical about not having a diagnosis, and this is the, this is like in the metaphysical resonance medicine of Chinese medicine is like, that means that you can shift anything right? Mm-hmm. It's just a pattern and you're just right. in a pattern right now, right? And you're able to shift in and out of patterns all the time versus when you have a diagnosis, right? You've been di- say you've been diagnosed with Epstein-Barr. When people have a diagnosis, they attach to it. And so therefore they're fixated on it and there's a contraction around it. So how do we heal in a contraction? We cannot. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, you know, what you just said, as soon as you soften around it, that's when the healing is allowed to happen. Right. So if you say, okay, what if, what if this is always here and not in the sense of, I'm not going to continue to live healthy. I'm not going to continue to support my body and give it all it needs to be its best. Not like, it's not like surrender in that way, but more of surrender and softening of like, okay, this is me. This is part of what's happening right now. I think that's where we get radical transformation.
0: I agree. I agree. And like with your example of like the kidney pattern, for instance, like that could just be a pattern of fear and how you work with fear. Every time it hits you, you do the same. Your body routes the energy this, this one way. Mm-hmm. And learning to, like, as you mentioned, trust, surrender, let go of control, those can really shift our physical symptoms and our physical patterns.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing is like a lot of this is um, a lot of our health issues are simply patterns. They're the way that we um, have learned to deal with triggers (laughs) basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Improperly in childhood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we might've gotten some symptoms early on in life that we ignored. And then they've just kind of snowballed into this massive breakdown in our health because we weren't taught in Western medicine or Western, the Western world, or even just probably most people, if they're not uh, in a traditional, trained in traditional medicine, we're not trained to be able to listen to our body's symptoms, right? We're not like, oh, I have a headache here. This is my body's trying to tell me something. No. In Western, in the Western world, we've like, Oh, we have a headache. Let me numb that. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to take a Tylenol and keep going. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's just not the way that our body is. Our body's like, Hey, I'm trying to like talk to you here and you're not listening to me.
0: Mm-hmm. That's- exactly. And the more we, and the more and- we, sh- Oh, Nancy, you're waking up a little it- bit. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you're just breaking up a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. So I was just going to say, w- and our body will always find ways to make us listen. So it, if you don't listen to the subtle things, it'll find a way of screaming at you.
0: Right. And then it becomes more exaggerated. And, and then, yeah. And that's a huge awareness to bring to the, the Western world right there, is that your body is trying to communicate with you through symptoms and um, and get you to listen. And yeah, I
1: mean, I recently had a health breakdown. Um, I'm as as you mentioned, I'm in France, and you know, I came to France. And I, for those listening, I I eat primarily paleo, though I eat some pseudo grains. I eat rice. I mean, I'm I'm flexible within my paleo, but I would say I'm like eighty percent there. I don't eat wheat or I don't eat gluten. I don't eat dairy. Those are like my hundred percent. So I don't eat processed foods, but other than that, like, you know, there I'm in the realm. So I come to France, they, they survive off gluten and dairy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on a bike trip and I'm not, I don't have a kitchen. So I'm in these little villages where like food is really limited. And so I started eating what they call Pano. I'm going to butcher the language. So anyone that speaks French, Forgive me, but I, I was eating pano maize, which is basically bread made from corn and goat's cheese. Like that was what I could find that wasn't still like gluten and cow dairy. But after about two weeks of eating that, my body just flipped out. Like I started having severe allergies, like I've never had in my life. I even got welts on my hands. So hmm. I was like in this healing crisis, right? Mm-hmm. And I was miserable and I, I, you know, I caught myself going into victim mentality, which is really common when we go into like a healing crisis, like poor me, like, why is this happening to me? And, you know, I got to sit with all this. And meanwhile, my partner's saying, I think maybe we should go to the pharmacy and you should take Benadryl. But I'm like, no, because that's just not, (laughs) I don't, Uh I don't, I don't um, mask symptoms. Like I get, maybe I'm a bit of an extremist, but like, I'm just like, no, I'm going to like figure this out. So, you know, what I did was on a symptom, like on a physical level, I pulled out all the foods that I don't typically eat and went back to just eating the foods that I normally eat, even though that left me eating, not, you know, the best of meals, given we were in the middle of nowhere, but like, I did that. And then I just got to sit of like, what's underneath this? And, you know, what I realized is like, oh, you know, what came up for me again was like my people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I was trying to be a people pleaser because I didn't want to be difficult. Mm -hmm. And having these needs were too difficult for other people, like what, you know, for other people. And, you know, I uncovered a lot of other stuff. Um, but I wouldn't have had that process of seeing that pattern had I just gone to the pharmacy and took an a Benadryl, right. Right. Um, and just kept trucking, which I think most people are doing. Um, and not, I'm not having judgment on anyone that's doing that, but I'm just encouraging you to know that there's a, there's something underneath it. Like, yes, there was a physical thing. Like, yes, my body was an inflammatory state because I was eating probably, too much corn and Mm -hmm. goat goat dairy on top of, um, who else knows what else, because I I don't know that the foods that the produce I was eating were even organic, but like there was that, but underneath that was even a deeper lesson, right? It wasn't just Mm -hmm. about the food. It was also, why was I doing that?
0: Right. You knew, you knew what your body actually liked and wanted And you had this sort of social piece come in and be like, okay, I'm just going to trump all that awareness. And, and that's, that's how this works. This is how we balance these things. And, um, we come to understand ourselves, which, um, thank you for sharing that story.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is that no one actually benefits, like, even like, if we think about (laughs) it, everyone actually ends up suffering when I'm suffering. Right. So like me being the people pleaser, Mm -hmm. then I'm just pissed off and passive aggressive Mm -hmm. because that's my go-to. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. If I had just honored my needs and, you know, prioritized,
0: Yeah. You guys, you guys could have like researched some fun farmer's markets and, you know, like had a creative approach to it. That would have been enjoyable. Absolutely. And there's always that. And we're always in our process. And, um, so yeah, that's a super insightful story and it goes hand in hand. So I want to introduce before, um, we get off the line here that you actually have a free, um, guide to eating with the elements. So how you actually use, wood, fire, earth, metal, water to inform that blend, right?
1: Yeah. So, um, my, I, um, if you go to my website, which I think you're going to include everything for that, but you can sign up and you get my free ebook, which is a quick guide to eating with the elements. And it basically is just an introduction of how to use the elements for eating for balance. Um, so it talks about seasonal eating, but also the, um, Chinese medicine is all about energetics of food. So food is not only hot and cold on a physical sense, but it's like energetically hot or cold and how to utilize that information to find balance within yourself, right? So if you're in an inflammatory state, that would be a hot condition. So you'd want to use cooling foods, um, as well as like, if you're in a hot environment, you'd want cooling foods environment vice versa. So Mm -hmm. I I mean, I talk about that. And then I also just talk about what I consider to be a balanced diet. So, um, you know, how, what you should portions should look like on your plate. Um, and I think this information is helpful for anyone if you eat animal proteins or you don't. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's just a, a different way of viewing eating. Um, it's not this kind of protocol that's, I'm hearing more and more within, you know, the health industry, it's just like this is the, the health, healthy way to eat and this is the only healthy way to eat. Within this there's fluidity and I really believe that your diet should be changing constantly depending on what's happening in your body or what's happening outside in the your environment.
0: Mhm. I love that. I love that take on that. And I love the work you do. You you take people through a 12-month program where they're going really deep and I think there's a lot of I just respect the way that you're taking people through their health. It's not a one-off thing. It's really a a deep commitment you invite people into, because as you can see, it's a very holistic approach. And that takes looking at all these different aspects of ourselves.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't accept a lot of people into the program. It's very, um, it's very individualized, it's intimate, and I only take people that are ready for huge transformation. Um, So yeah, it's, but those that come out on the other side there's never regrets and they're in a completely different place in their life so that's, yeah it's very powerful
0: that's cool what a gift you are giving and your your website is flowingelements.com yep mm-hmm. okay awesome well this is super enlightening nancy i'm really grateful that we got to have this conversation and you created the space amongst your travels to connect with me
1: yeah thank you so much
0: for having me on here thank you okay take care Okay, bye. Bye. Hello, this is Ayla. Thanks for tuning in. So I have my own healing process that I've developed over the seven years I was working as an emotional healing professional. And then personally, I use shale to this day. And I work with clients all the time to move through their own blocks to their creation process. But this process is something that's actually very valuable and effective on its own. So in this Emotional Planet series, I've actually offered you lots of resources because different modalities resonate with each of us differently and at different times. But I really did want to share you my own, with you my own process in the form of a course. So the online course is on my website, and in addition to the course, you get a free... Um, mentorship session with me to just go over the process and make sure that it's landing for you. So there's some one-on-one support and the course itself to teach you the technique. And this technique you can use over and over and over again. Every time something comes up, it really is the basic tool I use all the time. You can find it on my website, www.daughterofcreation.com backslash healing.